You are listening to Where is the Line? The stories you will hear will be depraved, disturbing, and true. If you are easily unsettled, you may find this program offensive. And if you are under the age of 18, fuck off. Everybody drinking blood, everybody eating brains. Some monster party. Everybody eating flesh, everybody breaking bones. Some monster party. Thank you for listening to episode 34 of Where is the Line? My name is Kevin, and with me today is somebody new. One of those Utah nurses who isn't in Utah anymore, but still, you will always be one of the Utah nurses to me, Jaden. Thanks for being here, Jaden. I am so happy to be here. You have no idea. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, I've been a big fan of the show ever since I first heard it, even though it was a, let's see, it was probably last year. I was so happy to have so many episodes to binge and I got to go through all of them, and now here I am talking to you, so nothing could have gone any better for me. Well, thank you. I was super <laughs> excited. The the uh, uh, We had the hangout night, and uh, you and Katie Manzioni. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you guys were like in the full uh, PPE and everything, enjoying the Zoom call. I was super excited about it. We were super excited to be there. I actually didn't even know that was happening until I came back from answering a call light with a patient. And Katie goes, hey, come here, look, I've got someone on the phone that wants to say hi. And I come over and there you guys were. I was like, oh, my God. So it was it was just as crazy for me. So I, I'm sure or I want to know, um, I would imagine everybody else would, too. You know, I mentioned that you were one of the Utah nurses, but you've since moved to California. How have things been in nursing? I mean, did you know, where you were, did things get really bad before you left? Um, from where I was before, um, we were a nursing facility that was transformed into a COVID unit. So it mm-hmm. was just us and our two floors and our rooms we had with our staff on board. And they said, you're going to take the same demographic of patients. So normal people we would normally see before that just have COVID. And this is how it's going to be. And then we kind of just dove into it head first, not really knowing what was going on. And um, there's a lot of good things I could say, but it definitely was an experience and a half. That's for sure. Working nights and they required you do four 12-hour shifts a week. So four on and four off. So doing mandatory mm-hmm. overtime at night with COVID. I don't think I would take the experience back, but I don't know if I would do it again. <laughs> was it, it, it? How was it when you left? Was it still really busy like that when you left or was there kind of a peak and then it dipped? So it actually went through a couple of peaks. So we opened up and then it was pretty low census. So we had only a few patients for a little while. And then whatever was happening in the community or within the area actually heavily infected our influx of patients. So if there was a holiday, like, uh, like the 4th of July, for example, I had a feeling like, okay, everyone's going to go out for the 4th of July. It's been a few months since everyone went into quarantine. So exactly what happened in Utah is everyone went out. And even though you can be safe and use your distance, but no matter what, it's going to 
if you leave your home, you're going to have an influx of cases. So directly impacted by that, we got a huge wave. Like they were sending us like four or five patients in the day. And then at night after midnight, we were getting four or five, six admits all at a time. They were just bringing a van full of patients and they just bring them in and we just take them into the rooms and we'd fill up. It would be crazy. It'd be busy. Um, as far as how bad it would get, the job itself stayed the same as far as like what I was doing for, like clinically, like day to day, like whether it be like helping change a patient or hanging a new bag of whatever, it was the same, but it just was the way it was done was changed. Everything took longer. I definitely did see an increase in deaths um, mm. from all the experience from places I've worked. If you're in, an, in a hospital, you're depending on where you're at, like normally you're not going to see many deaths, but in like a nursing home facility, you're going to see people getting older and passing away. But as far as COVID went, it would find kind of whatever underlying ailment these people had, and it would just speed it up. So a lot mm-hmm. of people were passing from natural causes, but it was a lot faster than we were used to seeing, or even slower. Yeah. But most of the time, it was it was expected, but it was quick. So it was it was a lot as far as deceased patients turning over. But then on the other side of the same page, we had a lot of people that you wouldn't expect to get over it would totally beat it and they would go home. They'd be fine. I had patients in their nineties that would get over it and go home to their spouse. We had two couples that went home with their spouse. So Hmm. it was, it was kind of a coin toss. I should mention uh, Jaden's, Jaden's co-hosting today because uh, Ashley's having some family issues. So she's going to be out for this episode and maybe one more and then hopefully we'll have her back. But I'd like to thank Jaden very much for for helping out with this because I tried to do this on my own. And it's just fucking weird to sit here and just talk out loud to yourself, especially when you crack a joke. And there's nobody to laugh. And most of my jokes are like self, you know, or not jokes, but whenever I say something that I think is funny, it's usually self-deprecating. And if there's nobody around to laugh, I just sound like this, just. (laughs) He's just this guy talking, talking shit to himself out loud in his apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just like a depressed. Well, that's kind of what I do, but that's the difference between being a comedian and being alone. But on that note, I'm super happy to be here. Um, no problem at all. And I hope everything's okay with Ashley. I'm super excited to hear from her when she comes back. I hope everything goes well, whatever she's dealing with. It's okay. She, I, I know that she herself is okay because she did drive her car by my house a couple of days ago and yell something at me out the window. <laughs> I hope it was so, a slur. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, normally I would ask the co-host to, uh, say something disturbing at this point, but you don't even know what this episode is going to be about. I don't. I was actually thinking about that today. I was like, does he just put Ashley on the spot? (laughs) Or does (laughs) does she know what's going on? And then I was like, no, she usually knows what's happening, but I, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, this this episode is actually a good one. Uh, I mean, if Ashley has to miss one, this is a good one because uh, I had already recorded this conversation that I had with a local legend and <laughs> uh, expert at 911 calls, which you will hear about later. Nice. 
but yeah, that, that conversation's already already been recorded. So I just needed some help with the intro and the outro. Uh, before we get started, speaking of the episode, which we should probably get to, uh, you know, for 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 you, the listeners, this has probably only been a couple of minutes, but uh, Jaden has been listening to me ramble for probably half an hour now, <laughs> and we haven't even got through the intro. Oh, I've rambled as well. We should definitely get to the episode at some point. But before we do that, we've got a few patrons to mention. At our nefarious level, which is the level at which someone is allowed to send us a pornographic film that we will watch and tape ourselves reacting to. Uh, we've had one vomit incident <laughs> resultant from that when Samantha was on the show. Yeah, that video uh, that was sent to us uh, featured someone eating Fruit Loops out of someone else's artificially enlarged butthole and uh <laughs> Samantha, it was it was the bubbles in the milk that got her <laughs> those and, bubbles uh, made yeah. her go nope <laughs> yeah yeah she literally vomited uh yeah so these uh nefarious patrons uh let's see what you got those nefarious patrons are by the way brayton hevelin and dennis calvert Dennis Calvert, by the way, got in touch with me, emailed me. He's a photographer, a really fucking good photographer. Uh, anyway, got in touch with me and asked if he could take my photograph. Oh, nice. I'm usually really not at all excited about being <laughs> photographed, but uh, usually it's, you know, my mom telling me to smile for like three straight minutes while she figures out how to make the, how make to the turn camera the do off. the flash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What kind but of photo no, are you like, going for? Headshot, professional model, a nude photo. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that this photo shoot with uh, Dennis is going to be a nude photo shoot. He didn't explicitly say that, but I feel like it was implied. <laughs> so I'm just going to show up nude. Dennis. That's why you enthusiastically said yes. What time? <laughs> Yeah, where to be. <laughs> uh, I would prefer if the uh, the photo shoot did not take place in a strip mall or somewhere like that. You know, if we could keep it private, that'd be great. <laughs> like somewhere, uh, somewhere woodsy. And that, again, reminded me of the fact that we have not yet set a uh, disturbing phrase to which people will honk their horn. And since Jaden has not heard the conversation, which is the bulk of the episode, I'll just let you know today's phrase will be... Six inches. Oh. <laughs> Maybe ten inches. Oh, wow. Some measure of length between four and ten inches. When you hear a length between four and ten inches being discussed on this episode of Where's the Lion Honk Your Horn. I had that conversation with them a few days ago. I forgot how, how many inches it actually was. Pretty sure it's six, though. No, I'm not, not going to tell you why. <laughs> talking about sure my nude photo shoot reminded <laughs> yeah. me of that but <laughs> I was gonna say, what brought up that photo shoot and the inches conversation again <laughs> <laughs> no i remembered now it was actually 13 inches <laughs> so, so you ready so to get <laughs> you ready to get in to this episode of where's life let's do it let's i'm supposed to say let's do it oh shit that's true see i've listened to too many episodes i'm used to just up, trying to steal Jayden. it Okay, I'll be quiet. Okay, you go. All right, say let's do it again. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Today, we'll be talking with a local legend and someone who I count among my very best friends, Mike. Mike has on two separate occasions been the victim of an armed robbery, though victim might not be the appropriate term for these encounters because on both occasions, Mike disarmed his attackers before kicking both of their respective asses. One of these times, he did it with the phone that he used to call 911 when he spotted the gunman. As a result of that, we have a fantastic 911 call to play for you later, in which our guest today can be heard beating up a gunman with the phone that he used to call 911. All the while, tones and beeps can be heard as the phone's buttons (laughs) are being depressed against the attacker's face. On this episode of Where is the Line, Mike will share with us several stories of violence within which he was an active participant, and we'll take a listen to that aforementioned 911 call. We're talking to Mike because uh, he's someone who has been held up at gunpoint twice. And on both occasions, managed to beat up the gunman. And on one of those occasions, we got the entire incident captured on a 911 call. <laughs> so, how you doing, Mike? Doing good, man. Doing good. Those are a long time ago, though. I'm a different man now. Less prone to being robbed. <laughs> You're less prone to being robbed. <laughs> I would imagine yeah. so. So uh, before we get into those, uh, <clears throat> the two times that you got held up at gunpoint, we've known each other for a while, and you, you've got some some good confrontation stories. And one of my favorites is about a time that uh, someone pulled their vehicle over and got into a rock fight with you and some friends. And that's right. That vehicle, by the way, <laughs> was not a regular automobile. Uh, it kind of no, what happened no. was you and some friends managed to piss off a train conductor to the point <laughs> that he stopped the train and got out. That's right. So, so how'd you manage that? Well, so I don't know exactly what was being said. I've obviously got sort of a hearing problem, but we used to, in Tuscaloosa, you know, we lived in Alberta City, at least two of us, uh, there were three of us together, and we were walking the tracks. You'd always walk the tracks. It's better, you know, nobody messes with you. It's straight shot. You have any vehicles or whatever. But there was a train coming, you know. Uh, we got off the tracks. I guess he thought we took our time getting off, but we let him pass us. But he started saying something. I couldn't really hear him, but I know John just sort of like screamed "fuck you" or something at him. And I was when I that was like, okay, all right, he's fucking with us, I guess. You know, I wasn't really sure because I didn't know what he said. So I just picked up some rocks and started chucking him up there. And then uh, <laughs> he managed to stop the train and he got out. We're standing about thirty, you know, yards away. We weren't like close, and we had no intention of going over there and getting in it with the guy. But he started throwing rocks at us. And <laughs> We started throwing rocks at him, so he had a three versus one. I got to give it to that uh, conductor, I guess he's called, or engineer. <laughs> you know, he was uh, <laughs> he was willing to go three on one. I mean, it was uh, wrong of me to throw the rock, but I thought somebody was fucking with me, and he shouldn't. You know, but I'll take that one. That probably shouldn't have happened. But it's still it's a colorful memory. No one really got hurt. I didn't get hit with the rock. Nathan was pretty sure he picked that guy once or twice, and Nathan's a good shot, so I believe it.
so there's a lot of there's a lot of these types of stories that we could get into with you but we're talking to you specifically about how you've handled a, a couple of encounters with gunmen and one of those you were working in a kitchen yeah there's a little restaurant I ran um okay so it was late at night <laughs> this was probably this was <laughs> definitely in 2005 october or november um and i guess there had been a group of individuals that had knocked off like a or you know took out some laundry place and maybe some gas station over by the hospital so these were it's like a known sort of thing that they were hitting it and you could tell who they were because their thing was is it already been an article about it they'd wear t-shirts around their head instead of like mask or face mask they'd have like these black t-shirts and it would block everything up with their eyes you know and so anyway i wasn't even oh, wearing so that these were the fact. these were people who had been going around robbing things previously they'd, they'd already hit two places you know um uh for sure that verified the same sort of mo because most people don't wear black yeah you know, shirts around their head when they knock over a place. That's very specific. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, <laughs> they might have been different people. They, they all of a sudden they all got in the, in the fad of wearing black t-shirts. But yeah, that kind of broke that up. Um, we're about to close, and uh, the guy that was working with me, I'd always like cook, you know, make a sandwich or feed him at some point during the shift, and he had really been working all night, and so I hadn't fed him yet. So the lights were on, everything were still open because it's technically not quite ten yet or nine or whatever time it was that night. And uh, <laughs> I look up, and uh, there's a gun in my face, and there's a guy with the black T-shirt over his head, you know, uh, said, give me the money, mm -hmm. give me, or something like that, you know. Um, so I don't know what's going on, but I know there's a gun in my face, and I didn't really have time to even think about anything, except I just dropped the mayonnaise thing, up. I grabbed his uh, wrist with the gun, and my hands were pretty fast, because I'd been juggling you know almost uh manically <laughs> in my time on the rent that's not really <laughs> that's not really the activity that i that i think people would expect you know when you're talking about your reflexes against the gunman i think <laughs> you know, you know, like, it's maybe like, not I but think... i credit it my, my, my hands were fast at catching things in midair with great speed. You know, my reflexes I was were expecting, probably you know, top of my, uh, from my, top from of my judo classes or <laughs> no. something, not from no. my juggling. No. I'd been never took working. any classes. Nope. <laughs> Hacky sack maybe helped me with my footwork too. But, All right, um, so so yeah. you, you get a gun in your face and your juggling reflexes kick in. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so I just grabbed his wrist and I, uh, I, I didn't handle it. In retrospect, there were a lot of things I should have done differently. But after that, I was going to basically, I started wrestling with him and I've got it, his like right hand and my left hand. And I'm bigger than him, stronger than him, you know, by somewhat, you know, significant. I'd say significant. He wouldn't stand a chance in a real fight. But, uh, so I, I, uh, basically just sort of like start pushing him over and I was going to flop him over on the grill, which had been cut off for 30, 45 minutes. It wouldn't have really burned him, but figured that way I'd have his left arm to myself and I could get the gun loose. Well, he was real smart because at first he ducked his body down. So I couldn't push him over the grill. Like now his hips were underneath, you know, the grease trap part of it, you know, and I couldn't. And then he jumped up and like sort of sat on the front part of the grill that's not hot or anything. And he was able to twist his, uh, hand. I didn't really see the gun, but I know what he was trying to shoot me in the head, I guess, you know, um, and heard a click. And when we both kind of like just stopped, I kind of thought like that was it. You know, I thought, OK, that's that's it. You, you hear the click. That's the end of your life or whatever. You know, <laughs> it just uh, yeah. and thought about my daughter, you know, I was like uh, poor girl, you know, she wasn't even a year old then. Um, 
you know, so you really did that. That really. I, oh, I thought I was so. going to die. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. it. Like that's the final mystery. What do you hear? Do you you see? No, you just hear the click, and that's the end of it. But it was a misfire. You know, <laughs> it was a fucking misfire. So I uh, end up realizing that me wrestling with this guy, not securing the gun, is like kind of fucking stupid. And what I really need to concentrate <laughs> is getting control of the gun. So I basically like sort of sacrificed my body. Ended up like getting two hands on his left on his right arm, sort of pulling him around and falling down to the floor on top of his arm so I could mm. rip the gun out. So he's down on my back and I knocked over the fan and the chair and the door set up, but, but I finally got him, you know, got him around him and I like kind of put him in a, I think at this point I had the gun in my right hand. I wasn't going to do anything with it. I'd never aimed it at him or anything, but I was just like, I have the gun now, you know, but I ended up putting him in like a rear, uh, like had my left arm around his neck and sort of took him down to the ground and he's scrabbling and, think reaching for the gun which i've got off to my side my arms are a little longer but he's putting two arms and all his muscles so i'm like i'll just throw the gun away you know so mm-hmm. then we can properly wrestle and there's no more <laughs> you know so i like don't want it to misfire so i threw it and it went like wait so six. you you're wrestling the gunman you've wrestled right. him on the ground and you have the gun in your hand and you throw the gun away yeah, that's right. I have him like around, sort of around his head with my left hand and my right hand. I throw the gun away, you know, because I don't want him to get to it. And I didn't want it to uh, misfire either, so I didn't want to throw it hard, you know, because in my head it's like, oh, it'll just go bam, bam, bam if it like throw it. So I really just underdid it. I probably should have slid it or thrown it harder, but it went like six, eight inches. So now I don't have the gun, <laughs> and he's still <laughs> reaching for it, you know. <laughs> at this point i shifted and got him in like the i don't know they call it the full nelson or whatever where you kind of put pressure on him and i remember he kept scrambling and he's still fighting to get out of there i guess he ended up like pulling a a display rack like a five foot tall four foot wide display rack of chips on top of us you know while this is going on and i'm finally i'm just like stop struggling or you know or and i'll stop choking you and he just didn't so i basically had put enough pressure so he he just went limp I let him off, and I'm like, oh fuck! Now I'm just standing here. It was a, I was really shook up at the time, but he started moving around again, like he, uh, you know, coming to, and I kind of put some pressure back on him when it knocked him back out because I was just so freaking nervous, you know. What I mean, he had just yeah. tried to kill me, but I was still that was to my discredit, you know. I definitely knocked him out twice. And then the first cop that walks in, just a normal uniformed cop, walks in, laughs, and walks back out. Because you know, he's looking down and like there's a guy with a t-shirt over his head in a full Nelson with a butt, like a load of potato chips and a rack laying on top of him on the ground. You know, it was, like, you know, it was like a, the pretty this, this thing was pretty secure at that point. You know, I think uh, I think a lot of people that if they had gotten the drop on that guy like you did and gotten the gun away from him might have just shot him. Why didn't you shoot him? Oh Jesus! I'm not gonna kill anybody. I mean, I'm not asking that. I'm not asking that as in I would have killed him. I'm just, I'm right, just saying, right. you know, a lot of people would have. What, what stopped you from doing it? I mean, he was coming after money. I mean, I don't know. It just never occurred to me. I guess in my rational mind, I would say because of course I don't want to kill somebody. But in the spur of the moment, it's because I don't want to kill anybody. You know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So I guess it's either way, whether I think it out. Or if it's just on the spot, I don't want to, like, cause anybody great harm or distress. You know, I, uh, well, like I said, I feel bad about choking the guy out the second time.
so that brings us up to the main reason that we're talking to you is the the other time that you were held up at gunpoint, which actually happened before the incident that we just talked about. So these aren't chronological, but I'm saving this one for last because it has what's maybe my favorite 911 <laughs> recording of all time. <laughs> so yeah. take us through that one. All right. So uh, there was a little tobacco shop, you know, local, no beer, but, you know, convenience snack items, things like that. All the, it's in Alberta City, and everyone, all the locals would use it. You know, there's a, a lot of people that walk in three or four times a day. There's uh, this one guy comes in one morning, and um, I recognize him. He'd come in every once in a while. You know, he was a local kid, but, uh, you know, he sort of sat down. They had this, like, stool, bar stool I put out there to put drinks on while I stopped the freedom. And he just sat down in the store, and he waited. Then he left, and he came back. And he was just acting kind of goofy, but... I was like, whatever, you know, I'm just not going to give anybody a hard time. You know, you want to hang out here, you can hang out here, I suppose. Um, but then I guess at some point he walked up to the cash register, you know, after five minutes of weirdness and leaving and coming back. And, like, uh, he basically told me, he was like, this is a robbery. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you know, oh, give me the money or something. I'm thinking this guy's maybe joking. Maybe I'm like, dude, that's just fucking stupid. Shut up. You know, you can't come here and just say it's a robber. You have a gun or something. And he actually <laughs> pulled a gun out. He showed it to me. Like, I don't think he pulled it, pulled it, but he like lifted up his waist man, or like his shirt to show me that he had a gun. I'm like, fuck this. And I, I did one of the stupidest things I've ever done, I guess. Um, you know, I had to like walk like 20 feet around to get around the counter and I walked and I walked over toward him and he actually pulled the gun and pointed at me. And, he, mm. you know, and I'm like, oh shit. You know, so I was like, turn around, walk back Wait, around the counter. Why did you walk around the counter? That's going to kick his ass. In the first place? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, so he walked around the counter to kick his ass. And then he's he showing me a gun, and then he actually gun. pulls okay. it. Like, he'd already showed me he had okay. one, but I was just, I don't know, it was really stupid. I admit that. You know, but uh, so then he points a gun at me, so I walk back around. And like I said, there's, you know, there's this sort of U-shaped counter I've got to get around. So I get back over there, and I, you know, I'll call 911. So you call 911, and this is, you call 911 on, and I bring this up because it's going to be important in a minute. Did okay. you call, you called 911 on a cordless phone, right? right. Uh, one yeah, of those yeah. old 90s styles cordless yeah, phones? Yeah, right, because, you know, they right after the rotary, you know, they finally had wireless tech. That was really good. You know, this was 2003, but it was still, like, not everyone had cell phones and stuff. But this was a wireless one you could carry around the store with you or bring it over the register and then put it mm. back on the cradle to charge it. Yeah, it was standard stuff, you know, back in the time for businesses, I guess. And you sound, you sound a little nervous in the beginning of that. Oh, yeah. I heard it, it which is understandable. My voice. I had just had yeah. somebody pointed a gun at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we said I see y'all coming to leave. Get out. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Yeah, hey, I got a, I got a problem. You need to send somebody down the store right now. What's the problem, sir? Got a problem. Uh, yeah, just come on down. Disc out the back up. What's the problem? Got a guy with a gun in here. He said he's gonna rob me. Yes, he starts leaving. Well, I take off running, you know, because I didn't put a lot of thought into it. And I catch up to him right outside the front door in the parking lot and like grab him by his shoulder. Still got the cordless phone in my hand. And um, <laughs> he tries to twist off and I, it was pretty easy. little hip throw got right on top of him and uh, then started beating him with the phone. 
and uh, and, and uh, I've got a mouth on me. In the nine one one tape, you hear the uh, the buttons being pressed on the phone, <laughs> yeah, and that, that is, is the resultant of you hitting him in the face with the phone. Right. right. <laughs> Correct. Come on, motherfucking bitch! Get the fuck out right now! Fucking do it then. tell you about though so i talked to this guy frank who's another customer about the same age you know as uh the guy who had you know attempted the robbery and he was saying that yeah. right before all that um they weren't sharing their weed with him because he didn't have any money or something and mm-hmm. so he kind of and that's when he they knew he was going down there to, <laughs> to rob the place because frank did come in like 30 minutes an hour later and asked me whatever happened to him like i beat his ass and he went to jail and he was like laughed and walked out i mean frank was a good kid there was no animosity there but apparently here's here's the tip share your weed you know <laughs> he went to the middle institution because people wouldn't let him take a fucking hit off the blind jesus christ you know that's i don't know <laughs> not very neighborly so so really you you blame the people who didn't share the blunt well, I mean, he's probably going to fuck up sometime later, but I think, yes, that day, if they had just let him smoke some pot, he wouldn't have been down there robbing me because he would have been smoking pot. You know, it was like uh, very uh, chronological yeah. you know, <laughs> order. And usually if you smoke pot, you're not like, I'm going to go rob a tobacco store, you know? <laughs> so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, not a lot of violent potheads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, uh, so if uh, anyone listening has a, a gun pulled on them, what's your advice to that person? I would say most people, you just want to give them the money. You don't want to get in a car with them or, you know, let them kidnap you. That's when you fight for your life. But I don't know. It's stupid. It's just everyone's got to have their their boundaries, I suppose. I mean, I would say this. Yeah, if you're going to go out there and everybody's going to try to fight the armed robbers, there's going to be a lot of murders. And that's that's not good. You know, but, you know, so I'm not encouraging. I would say all them, just give them the money. That's it. You know, but imagine, like, what if everyone did, you know, fight the armed robbers? They knew you couldn't just rob them. You're going to have to kill them. There would probably be less people, you know, robbing. If you knew you're gonna, there's a chance you're gonna get your ass beat every time you wanted to rob somebody with a gun. Maybe you would find <laughs> a you different are... job, you know. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think the the lesson I would give to potential armed robbers, you know, one, don't do that. That's stupid. But two, if you can't take them, you know, without the gun, you really should pick a different target. You know, I mean, 
<laughs> you know, those guys should have been robbing some sweet old lady or something. You know, why would you pick the all right? So, aggressive white yeah, guy? we're just gonna we're just gonna end <laughs> this episode with Mike advocating to all the criminals out there: rob elderly women. No, yeah, shit. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, I didn't mean. Yeah, you know. What yep, I mean. that's what I you said. You said that's on tape now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mike Anonymous advocates robbing elderly women. Thanks for talking to us, Mike. It's been fun. Hey, glad to get that PSA out there. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 34 of Where's the Line. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss the next episode. Usually these episodes come out on the 1st and 13th of every month, but uh, over this past month, it's been more like the 1st-ish and 13th-ish of every month. Also, if you enjoy the show, you might consider leaving a review. Not unlike these fine persons. NYC Girl 36 writes, Never stop. This has been my favorite podcast since I stumbled upon it via a mention in, I think, Hollywood Crime Scene. You don't have to think. I know it was Hollywood Crime Scene. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah, every, every, probably 90% of our reviews <laughs> mention Hollywood Crime Scene. Moving on with the review. I love everything about it. But wanted, to give, but wanted to give a special mention to my appreciation for the fact that you're able to discuss harrowing subject matter with humor that is never disrespectful or unkind. I'm glad she noticed that. Too many humorous podcasts still refuse to grow out of that tired old cliche of punching down. I absolutely agree with that. Too many podcasts do do that. Look, I, they've got everything backwards. They'll get to the like the goriest start part of the story and and skip over it to spare you that. But then they'll just laugh their fucking asses off at victims and shit. I mean, what the, what the fuck's that? You know? Exactly. Like honestly, most people. I mean, for me, I'm here to hear like the victim stories, but I kind of want to know like the gory parts of what's been happening because that's what the actual crime was. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's good to... I love the way it's presented on the podcast. It's not made fun of, but it's done correctly, and it can be lighthearted sometimes, and the best parts aren't skipped over. I don't know if I'd say it's done correctly. (laughs) Uh, To me. That's uh, true. I forget, but to me. (laughs) uh, Well, you know, and actually, um, someone who we did a story about, who I'm not going to say their name, and who I'm trying to to do a follow-up on, uh, somebody who was a, the victim in one of our stories actually got in touch with me on Facebook and thanked me for not making them look like a dipshit. Wow, how long have I been reading this review now? <laughs> Moving on with this review. Your episodes always shed new light on stories, even if I heard them before. So shout out to your exhaustive research as well. Thank you for noticing. As a side note, I'd love to hear you cover John Thompson of Tractor Accident fame if you're open to suggestions for future episodes. 
that's ringing a bell, but it's not coming immediately to mind, which is a good sign, because if I already know the whole story, I really don't care to fucking look it up again. doesn't ring a bell to me, but if it's something to do with a tractor accident, I say it would probably be worth looking into. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to look that up and see if I want to do that. Thanks for that suggestion. Again, we still have not finished with this review. Finishing this review now. Glad your last episode, in quotation marks, wasn't your last episode. Me too. Thanks for that review, NYC Girl 36. Hit all of those little buttons that just make me feel better about doing this, you know? Moving on to the next review, this one comes from Stinky Luck. Stinky Luck <laughs> writes, A different animal. This is a very unique podcast. There is a bit of everything, much of it gross and or hilarious. I was in hysterics laughing with my toes clenched with the last episode. Much love, another nurse. Oh, I'm happy that we're popular among nurses. Or not popular, but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. No, I would say popular. And the fact that the, the description of laughing with my toes clenched, I was going to say that accurately portrays to me like the equal parts disgust and like satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that, that that's was... kind of what comes out of this, you know, like my curiosity for like the dark and disturbed or depraved <laughs> comes out with this on top of the lightheartedness of the joke. So I can definitely agree with that review. Moving on to voicemail. This first one comes from somebody who, if I am reading Google Translate correctly, might be somebody you're familiar with. Hi, Kevin and Ashley. It's Kate from Utah. Just wanted to say hi. Just finished listening to the Ouchie episodes, and they were awesome. Um, gosh, I just so want to come visit you guys. I don't know what my problem is. Shouldn't be uh, stalking you quite this badly. Anyway, <clears throat> you should say thank you for the kind of and, um, if you could just tell your listeners of which Kevin doesn't think he has any to wear your damn mask please I'm so tired of sick people at work I want want my life back I'm just I've had it cases have skyrocketed and it's just stupid so if you have a single brain cell in your head put your damn mask on Kevin and Ashley love you bye thank you so much for that voicemail I'm assuming that that's a sentiment that Jaden agrees with, and I also believe you know that person. Well, Katie, hello. I miss you so much. It's so good to hear your voice. Um, I definitely can tell you're at work by how you're sounding. Um, before I say anything else, just remember that you are a phenomenal nurse and you make a difference. But I definitely concur. Um, cases will definitely influx with holidays. Wear your masks. It's not that big of a deal. It definitely helps slow cases down. But totally, just wear your mask. And if you don't want to wear your mask, just don't fucking go outside then. This next voicemail is from another country. Hi. Um, I hope this is working. Um, I'm calling from the UK. So I've never actually, I've never called the US before. So um, this is uh, Frey, I recently became a patron um, and just started listening to the show after I saw it recommended on Reddit. Um, I just finished listening to the um, last episode about Sashi Auchi 
very, very brutal stuff. Uh, very well done. I, I, I knew what I was going to say when I rang, and then I was like, oh shit, I can't talk on phones. So I'm sorry that this is a bit nonsensical. But yeah, just I, I wanted to say the show is great. I really like the rapport that the brothers host, but also you have good information and, you know, research is clearly done. Keep up the good work. My favourite curse word... I don't know. I like... I like bollocks. Uh, I hope you're all keeping well and safe. Um, and, yeah. Look from the UK. Goodbye. Thank you so much for that voicemail, Frey. I actually, uh... <laughs> just one day just randomly put on the patreon page like a link to a zoom meeting and was like i don't know if you guys want to hang out aboard and frey was the only person that showed up so being Frey like hung out on zoom for quite a while one day had a really good conversation thanks for leaving that that voicemail Frey, and it was really good to talk to you that day uh we're personal facebook friends now just like me and Jaden. so uh send me a message or something We've got one more voicemail to get to today. We've actually kind of uh, backed up on some voicemails, so we still got some more. So if you left this voicemail and you hadn't heard it yet, we're eventually going to get around to it, unless I forget. This next voicemail, I believe, is anonymous. Just have to say, absolutely love your podcast. I have been binge listening while working from home, and the crazy, scary topics keep me entertained and motivated to keep going and my favorite cuss word is fuck thank you guys thank you so much for that voicemail i wish you'd have left your name so i could give you a shout out uh, if you hear this uh and you want to join the i love multiple voicemails on the where is the line voice mailbox thing call us back and let us know uh what your name is if you'd like to leave a voicemail of your own, you can give us a call at 386-227-7848. I wonder if Jaden knows what that spells. Uh, of course I do. It spells dumb ass tit. Dumb ass tit. Again, that number is 386-227-7848. That spells out dumb ass tit on your telephone. If you call that number, you'll hear a special message just for you. By our very own Where is the Line intro man. Alright, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you so much, Jaden, for helping out with this. Yeah, of course. Oh, thanks for reaching out anytime. I'm happy to be here. It's been fun. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Kids, when you go to bed, stay away from your closets and don't look under your bed.